Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. It is Monday, June 17th, 2019, and this is the MMA Hour, everyone. Welcome. My name is Luke Thomas. I am the host of this program. Thank you so much for joining me. I greatly appreciate it. Let's see. Fun show planned today. Um, We're going to recap all the action from Bellator 222, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between to help us do that at 1 o'clock. He was the big winner in the Aaron Pico fight. Adam Boric will be here just prior to that to talk about the news that he is now going to be training with Faraz Zahabi. I found this very interesting. Uh, Kevin Lee, UFC lightweight turned welterweight, will be here. Plus, you will be, be excuse me, you will be my guest. Not one, two different ways, as always. First with the tweets, when a round of tweets happens with the hashtag the MMA Hour. Keep sending those, please. I always appreciate it when you do. And as well, and in particular today, we're gonna have a nice long segment on your calls uh, on the sound off. 844-866-2468. So, and by the way, international callers, the MMA Hour at VoxMedia.com. Okay. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Uh, Happy Father's Day, belatedly to everyone. I had my first Father's Day as a father. Got to tell you, it's pretty fun. Um, At least it was for me, so I want to thank my family for taking care of me. I hope your family took care of you. I hope you guys were thanking all the dads out there. Yeah, let's do some tweets. Let's do a round of them tweets. How about that? All right, there we go. Uh, Rory has looked fresh in his stand-up, and I didn't realize how nasty his BJJ was until he outgrappled Gracie. He did not outgrapple Gracie. My question, though, is that lead leg. How do you think he does in the Lima rematch, and will he find a way to protect that leg? Let me say this one more time. He did well to nullify some of the grappling of uh, Gracie. He did not in any way outgrapple him. Let me just be very clear about that. Gracie outgrappled him. Not enough to win the fight, but you're asking who's got better jujitsu? Neiman Gracie by a mile. Okay, that lead leg. I don't know. Because if you watch the first fight, Lima gave him tons of problems with it. And it's something that he has had a bit of an issue with since. I suspect Lima's going to get after it, man. Next. What's your best advice your dad ever gave you? <laughs> um... Jesus, y'all don't even know who my dad is. Um, How do I explain this one? Don't be a failure. That's been told to me before. Um, Yeah, I don't, I mean, my dad's helped me a lot. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of like super solid, inspiring Hallmark card advice, he ain't the guy. Next. What exactly does Horiguchi's win mean for Bellator? It's not great for their champions to lose to other champs. Seems like it would devalue them in terms of skill. Also, since Horiguchi is only obligated to defend once per year, what does that mean for 135 pounds? Number one, you might see your first interim title in Bellator, so keep that in mind. But what does it do for Bellator? Look, Bellator took a risk, but don't you want to see them take a risk? By the way, Horiguchi is still their Bellator champ, so in some ways, they get to own the winner, and I'm using the word own here in quotations, no matter what. I actually kind of like that uh, he's been put in that position 
and that these these organizations took their risk. And yeah, like you would you would rather see Caldwell mature into the talent that he is, but they took a risk and Horiguchi came out on top and um they still get the benefit of calling him the champ and then him defending. If he doesn't defend enough, I suppose that's an issue, but I actually think this is a win for all the parties. More so for Ryzen, yes, and more so for Horiguchi, but Bellator comes out of here with a little bit of a little bit to uh, hang their hat on. Next. Do you think Chael Sonnen will ever be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame? Depends on the wing. Um, depends on the wing. He's been around long enough to be part of the, the pioneer wing, which people don't realize. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably they'll find a way to get him in one way or the other. Maybe through like the Anderson Silva fight or some other wing, but um, I suspect they will. I suspect they will. Next. How marketable do you think Amanda Nunes and Jessica Andrade are? Felt like UFC could have made a good video package covering both for Pride 2019, but they missed the boat on that one. Outside of Brazil, how well do you think UFC can promote them? I don't know. I mean, look, the UFC has some kind of a odd posture towards uh, Ramzan Kadyrov and his fighters. They've never answered what they about for that. They've never explained why Kadir was at one of their shows and was he invited? I don't know if he was or he wasn't or like why you're okay with signing these guys who come from a team with a guy related to these issues that they sell shirts that say we are all fighters is a glib response to it. So like how much do they care? I don't know, judging by their actions. But to me, selling t-shirts doesn't tell you a whole lot. Um, probably could be more with both of them, but probably I, I think it's a little bit unrealistic to expect either of them to be enormous American stars. So could they do more? Yes, but still have some tempered expectations. Next. Given the questions arising from recent fights in the UFC and Bellator, do you think it would behoove either organization to establish their own in-house development promotion? They kind of already have on the UFC side. The UFC already seems there you go, to be trending in this way with the new PFIs and uh, some of the other programming. Yeah, UFC. Uh, there was this New York Times article where they were like, the UFC is not investing in the future of the sport. And I'm like, well, there's plenty of criticisms to make of the UFC. That ain't one of them. Um, they do a lot to promote the next generation where, by the way, Contender Series starts tomorrow and then tough. And then what they're building in China and Mexico with the performance institutes, like, yeah. But Bellator, Bellator is different because Bellator is situated to sign people who would ordinarily be competing on the regional scene and then give them that kind of treatment. But again, I don't think they're best situated for that either. Next. With all the talk about whether Zhang deserves a title shot or not, are people overlooking the actual matchup? I don't really expect Jessica to come home with the belt. Yeah, she's competitive. She's competitive. The, the question is just whether she's the most deserving of the opportunity. But is Zhang, Wiley Zhang, actually competitive? Yes. Yes, she is. One more. One more. One more. And then we have to get to our next guest. How do you think Luke Rockhold and Chris Weidman will do at light heavyweight, and do you think they will be a threat to Jones? Uh, I think they'll be better at light heavyweight. Luke Rockhold probably more so, but I don't know who's a threat to Jones, to be honest with you. Uh, okay. Do we have our guest? What's the deal, Mr. Segura? All right, we're still trying to get him. Uh, all right, we're still trying to find out what's going on here. You know what? In the meantime, the old Coke Zero. Mmm, delicioso. Yeah, I actually spoke to, uh, I think I said this on the MMA beat. I actually spoke to, um, God, I cannot remember names today. <laughs> um, Ray Longo, Jesus. And uh, Ray was definitely in favor of Chris going to 205 for, if for no other reason than the weight cutting. But I don't want to speak for him, but I detected a feeling that he kind of thought that it, 
that Chris was very competitive at 185. Uh, and that maybe he'll be competitive at 205 too, but that like absent some benefit from the weight cut, there wasn't a ton of other reason to necessarily do it. That might be true, but I also feel like part of changing weight classes is a bit of a branding opportunity, right? Where, uh, how do I explain it? Like, um, it's a new lease on life. It's, it's good for headlines. You can get the right match. Uh, good at generating attention. Um, if you're doing it on short notice, for example, you can just leap into the rankings a very high level. So, like, there's just a lot of reasons um, why it, you, it may make some sense. By the way, also may not be everything that they need it to be. Like, it, this idea that it's going to solve all the problems. It might. It might. might not, too. Right? Like, it, you just don't. Well, we'll have to see. I just think that Luke Rockhold, I have a little bit more sense that the that the 205 move will be beneficial because I think he suffered more from the weight cuts than Chris Weidman did. I don't know that for a fact, but that's my read on things. My read is that Rockhold, like, uniquely suffered. And then as a consequence, um, he's benefiting more by the change, by the adjustment. So there you go. Uh, what's the word, Danny? All right, they're trying to get him. Don't know what that's all about. Lined that one up a few days ago. We'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. All right. Well, I have to tap dance here, I suppose, right? That's the whole idea. Hope everyone had a good Father's Day. I will say, I watched, uh, I thought that the Bellator show, I don't know why they needed to put six fights on the main card, but I actually thought it was pretty good. I really liked it. I, uh... I like the desk that they use. I just don't know they need to go to the desk every time. I would kind of like to see it like intermittently used as opposed to like every single fight you go back to the desk. Um, but I thought that the pace was pretty good. Like it started at 10. I think they were done 1230 or no, maybe it was closer to one. Still, it wasn't, the pace was not terrible. And you're like, well, it shouldn't be. It was on DAZN. But some of their Paramount stuff has been like, just takes forever. So. I am going to be curious to see what happens with Chael, where uh, he's commentating the show out in London. And he had that big thing on his face. Now, I suppose in a week, it'll be much, much lower. But, um, yeah, I didn't see that one coming, the retirement. That was kind of interesting. Anyway, I thought the show, Juan Archuleta looked good. The Kyoji Horiguchi fight against Darian Caldwell. I thought I was so worried the judges were going to botch that man. I thought for sure they were going to get that wrong. And uh, they didn't. They didn't. So I was very happy about that. And I like Daring. We had him in studio. Like, if it was a wrestling match, he won, right? He out-wrestled him. Same thing with Pico. Like, Pico out-wrestled Boric. But I don't think he got... I don't think he got out of that what he thought he was putting in. And I explained to folks, like, how can these wrestlers think that this is, you know, this is a way to fight? Well, the answer is pretty simple. Like, think about all the effort Caldwell put in to control somebody. Dude, it's hard. The trick is you got to control somebody en route to advancement or en route to punishment. So in their minds, they're like, I got the takedown. He couldn't get back up for long periods of time, if at all, until the bell rang. Uh, prevented anything, any offense from him or, you know, meaningful offense in that time. Why am I not winning? And the answer is, okay, the takedown's the start of, like, what is the practical effect of the takedown? Okay, you got him down. All right, that's fine. You changed where the fight was going. That's, that's good. 
Um, maybe the takedown itself was a nice hard slam. In this case, no, but okay, I'm thinking about those things. Like, what's the practical effect? The practical effect is you're able to get a person to the mat slash cage and you're able to hold them there. But beyond that, there wasn't a lot of, uh, again, the first round he had the gift wrap and then the elbow. But after that, there just wasn't a whole lot, a whole lot to it. So they're measuring it by control and effort and the degree of difficulty. And by all those measurements, what Darian Caldwell did was impressive. The problem is, in a fight, it's just a really different consideration than a wrestling match. You know, going back to the Pico thing, it's like you get two, you get two for the takedown, now what? Right? It just puts you in an odd position. So that's what, what it was. The Pico thing broke my heart a little bit. Obviously, um, everyone's kind of talked that one to death. The Loretta fight against uh, Larkin Dash. I don't have much to say other than that's about what someone should look like when they're 2-0 and on the way to something else. Um, was fine. Dylan Dennis against Max Humphrey. Dylan looked good. Again, at 2-0, and I don't have a whole lot to say about it. He's fighting out, terribly outmatched opposition, which for now is fine. Um, I'll get an update here. All right, well... I, all right, well, I don't know what happened to Kevin Lee. I guess we're going to bump up the, uh, the Boric interview. That's fun. <laughs> That's fun. Um, okay, well, let's see what happened to old Adam Boric has to say. I'd be curious to hear more about this. He looked good, man. Kid looked good. You know, the, take, the wrestling, okay, you can't compete with the guy who's had a huge background in wrestling, but everything else, he was very competitive, as you guys saw. Detected openings and took them. How old is this kid, by the way? He's young, right? MMA. He is. Let's see. His nickname is The Kid, for crying out loud. 25. 25, he's got 13 wins. Good Lord. That is an impressive amount of work that he has put into this already. Um, yeah, so we'll get him here in just a minute. Should be good to go. I think they're firing him up. Uh, how are we going to get him on sell? I think we're going to get him on sell. Yeah. Sorry about this, folks. But this is what happens in live programming. Shit just falls apart. <laughs> it just falls apart. I mean, this, this show has aged me in ways I can't even explain. All right, let's go to him now. This guy had the, maybe the win of the whole weekend. Certainly one of the best ones. Phenomenal performance uh, against Aaron Pico. Certainly grabbed my attention. Let's go to him now. He's on the phone. The one and only Adam Boric. Hi, Adam. How are you? Hey, man. I'm good. You? I'm doing quite well. Well, first of all, congratulations on the win. Let me just ask you this. Mm -hmm. um, did that go about like you thought it would? Yeah. Okay. What were you expecting? Uh, say again? I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. What were you expecting? Uh, man, I, I thought everybody, I, I'm a finisher and I, I finished him. So it was my plan. <laughs> no, no. From, from Aaron Pico, what were you expecting from him? Oh, uh, I, I know it. Uh, he will try to wrestling with me because, um, you know, he's a, he's a really good wrestler. Uh, he's a, he's a world champion. So, so I know it, and um, uh, you know he's a little bit shorter than me, and maybe it was a it was a good plan. But 
uh, everybody just thought I am good on 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 the on, on striking, but I am good on the ground. Uh, I I was prepared for that, you know. I I know it. He he will take to take me down, but I, I was prepared for that. Um, how physically strong was Aaron Pico? Uh, you know, uh, I I I can tell you. I think I am the one of the strongest guy in 145 in the world, but he he was strong. He was tough. Uh, when we when we were in the ground on the ground, I I felt I I am stronger. Not mm. done too much, but little bit I was stronger. And and when when he took took me down, I, I just saved my energy because I heard him. He was breathing so hard, and he was. Squeezing my legs are crazy, and I know it. He he can be like this, like three minutes, uh, three rounds. Okay, so let's talk about the the flying knee at the end. Now you've done that before. It's something you're very good yeah. at. Um, why did you throw it? What did you see that made you decide? Okay, I'm going to throw the flying knee. Yeah, you know, in the second ride, uh, I just feel like. Okay, just save my energy, and when I get up, I will throw some kicks. And when he try to take me down, I will throw the flying knee. Maybe I don't know you you saw or not uh, my my last uh, flying knee knockout in Hungary, uh, in Bellator uh, at, the, at the last year. It was the same. So I I really like that you know when against the wrestlers uh, the flying knee. I just I have been just waiting for the moment when you know he he was uh, shoot me again. Yeah, you did it in your in your fight against uh, Teodor Nikolov, I believe, right? A yeah, belter right, one ninety six. Right, 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 right. Um, right, right. All right, so the you had said I believe after the fight that you think he might be better at one hundred and thirty five pounds. Why is that? Because uh, I think he he is a little bit short, and maybe he is in 135. He he can beat everybody because he was really really strong, and I think maybe he can cut more. Like you know, I usually cut like 20 pounds, and maybe he didn't he didn't he didn't do that, or maybe we just cut I don't know maybe 15 or or 10 pounds. When he accepted the fight, when they made it, right? Were you were yeah. you thinking that that he was um, that people were not taking you seriously, not taking you seriously enough? Yeah, I, I think so. That you know, maybe they, everybody was a little bit over underrated me, and I was a little bit upset because everybody was just talking about him, and everybody was just like, "Oh, people will finish." Adam like like um, like this and like this, so uh, yeah. But it's okay, you know. I know it already, and my team we we know it. I I I am gonna finish him. Now you ended up with uh, Henry Hooft, right? Yeah, right, right, right. He's How did that happen? Head coach. How did that happen? <laughs> it was it was crazy story. Uh, 2017, uh, my friend called me. Hey. I will I will fly to uh, Florida in the next week, and he he said me, hey come with me, and I said oh bro I didn't have enough money, and that time I had a contract with a UFC, and uh, I said like 
Oh, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to go there because you know, usually just uh, somebody going to from Europe to train in a in a states. Usually, you can train only with just amateur guys the first time. And after I I I don't know my friends uh, in the US have me, uh, you know, so they make it. Uh, I I I. I could train uh, in a in a at Henry, and after the like with the professional team, and so I spent three weeks over there, and they said, "Hey man, you have to come back and became a world champion." And after I I I met uh, with my managers, uh, so it was the first time when we meet in the U.S. and they said they will help me, so. Without these two managers, I can be here like like now. Mm. Well, Do you understand has, me? Sorry. Yeah, no. Let's, your English is great. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> so, I, since you've been with them, how much better have you gotten? Oh man, it's it's like I don't know, hundred percent. I don't know. It's like double or triple. triple. Uh, I improved a lot, so I was I was like a, just a simple striker, but I wasn't uh, good uh, good in in MMA. So I mean, my MMA skill set now it's it's ready for everybody because I train with the best team in the world, the Harnack, in the Harnack 365, with the best coaches in the world, Greg Jones, Kami Barzini, Harry Hooft. So I, I can improve every day and still. I can improve every day. So when I will go back to Florida, I will just keep doing the same shit. You know what I noticed in the fight? We had just talked about it on the show. Aaron mm-hmm. Aaron has very good takedowns, but once he got you down, your ability to get back up, to resist uh, control, it was very good, mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so relaxed, you know. Uh, I just didn't want to lose my position, like you know, just leave full, because if if I just leave down, he can use some ground and punch. And I was like, okay, just just be on the top, like like uh, you know, don't uh, lose the wrist control and everything. Uh, just keep relaxed and get up just slowly. And I I wasn't. I didn't want to go like crazy scramble, lose my whole energy. I was just so calm and I just do the get up. Well, you did. It was amazing. What is, uh, how popular is MMA in Hungary? It's, uh, it's not too much, but now <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I, I arrived just yesterday in Hungary and Damn, it's, it's everything is crazy now. Everybody just calling me and text me. Everybody wants interview with me. Uh, how did you get and, into? You know, how, when I, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So when I arrived in the airport, there was a lot of fans and the TV, and was, I was like, "Holy shit, what happened here?" <laughs> so are you like how, how popular are you in Hungary now? I see it's getting better now. They are very proud of me, and and I didn't know it. You know, it's it's just every day just getting better. I see my my social media is like like crazy now. Like every day is just more and more followers. A lot of text message, 
likes, uh, shares, everything. It's uh, I I think now the anime is most popular. Uh, no, 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 it's uh, more popular than before. Uh, did your and family? My plan. I, I wanted I wanted to change the Hungarian MMA. I wanted to put the Hungarian MMA on on the on the world. Are you trying to be like the you know how Gustafsson is for Sweden or McGregor is for Ireland? Are you trying to do yeah, that for Hungary? I, yeah, I would like to do that. Um, by the way, just, did you just, just not not just you know just not that way? Like I don't want to use a trash talk like Connor, and I want to be. I want to stay just like, you know, who I am, just very humble and, and just, yeah, I can say you, um, I am, I think I am the most hard worker on the planet. I, I, I train every day like who has our training camp. So where do you train back in Hungary? <laughs> it's, it's crazy everywhere. Uh, the most time I, I did alone <laughs> because here isn't here here like not too much MMA club maybe on on in in the capital one or two but but it's it's like very amateur now you know not not like a professional yeah, when I I leave that uh, at home uh usually uh, in the morning session was like just running lifting back work and at the night i i went um, uh, some thai boxing and mma and and camp campo and and some wrestling but just a uh, greco roman you know in hungary the greco roman is most popular than the the freestyle wrestling mm. So and it it was it was so hard to uh, find the place where I can train like a professional. So that's why I was so happy when when I I, I moved in Florida and I was like, holy shit, I, I I can train like a professional fighter now. How how different is Florida from Hungary? Oh, it's it's much different. <laughs> you know, I am from a village where two thousand people live and and. Um, in Florida, it's the other world. So it's, it's um, unbelievable. It's, it's crazy. A lot of times I, I miss my country, but, you know, I have a goal. So uh, I have to work for that. Now, does your family watch you compete? How does that work? Uh, they, they watch, you know, they they woke up at uh, at 2, 2 a.m. Or, or 3 a.m. You know, in Hungary time, it was like 2 p.m. maybe or 3 but not not just my family. It's a lot of people watch that. <laughs> Does your family like? I mean, because here's the thing: if you're in the United States, there fighting yeah. is an unusual career, but people do it. But from Hungary, it must be very unusual. Yeah, and and you know, my my father was like very excited because if if I got some injury or something, he can do not, like nothing, you know. And and he was very scared a little bit, but but I, I told him, hey, I will be good and don't worry about me. <laughs> um, okay, so did Bellator talk to you about what they might want next from you? Not yet, not yet. Uh, but I hope so. I, I will be in the in the tournament. I I think I I deserve. <laughs> you want to be in the featherweight tournament, right? 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 Would you take a spot as uh, an alternate? 
say again? Uh, let's say that they can't put you in the tournament for some reason, mm-hmm. but they can. But they can mm-hmm. say, uh, "Okay, Adam, if someone else gets injured, you can step in." Is that okay? Oh, oh, uh, I know. I want to know it uh, before, you know. So I want to know it like two or three months before. I want to prepare like like hundred percent. So. I think I, I deserve that. They have to told me like uh, I need the time, like prepare, like like a like a good camp because it's gonna be maybe every fight like five rounds or something like this. Um, besides uh, Patricio Pitbull, who is the featherweight champ, uh, and maybe even yeah, including yeah, yeah. him, do you consider your, like wh- where do you think you belong among the best featherweights in Bellator? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I think I, I I you know I never thinking about uh, who will be my next opponent. Maybe he's good for me or or not. I am always focused on my next opponent and I just prepare. I I will beat him. So so we have a lot of good fighters in my division. Like like I mean like AJ McKee, Pat Curran, uh, Patricio Pitbull, and a lot of more guys. Um, uh, but I think <laughs> so. Nobody will work. Uh, nobody works harder than me. So I will be confident. Let me ask you a couple more questions about Aaron, if I can, for just a second. Um, some okay. people, some people here are saying, "Oh, uh, his career will never recover. He'll, he's it's done." Do you believe that? Mm-hmm. I don't think so, man. He's a uh, He's a uh, such a good guy and very talented, very tech, technical. You know, he's uh, and people forget. You know, but he was a wrestling world champion, and not too many people can say that about uh, himself. And I really respect that. And he has a uh, boxing golden gloves, and I, I he looks very nice guy. And I just re- read about him. You know, he's a hard worker too. And and he's so motivation, and I, I was so sorry him after the fight uh, because you know he never talked shit about me, and I feel like that. Um, I, I I mean just he need uh, some rest, and maybe the hype was too much for him, you know, because he got like crazy hypes. Did you did you talk and to pressure, him? In the- you know, pressure. Maybe he, he was too young for the pressure. Maybe. Did you talk to him backstage after the fight? I tried, but he was he he wasn't able. But but I I I, I just said to him, hey, you will come back, and you are a good fighter. I said just after the fight, like this. Yeah. Well, I, I wrote. I text him. I text him on Instagram. Hey, bro, I wish you a fast recovery. You are a good fighter, and it was a pleasure to share the cage. Well, uh, Adam, and by the way, can you pronounce your last name for us? It's a, is it Boric? <laughs> yeah, you say it well. You Boric. said like a Hungarian. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, all right, I'm an honorary Hungarian for the day. How about that? I can take that. Um, congratulations, Adam. <laughs> Phenomenal win. Phenomenal yeah. win. Uh, you should be very proud and enjoy time at home. I guess uh, you'll be back in Thank Florida so before much. no time. Yeah, I will come back in July uh, 18, yeah.
All right. Very good. Congratulations. Thank you for your time, Adam. Thank you so much. There he goes. Bye -bye. Adam, Adam Boric, all the way from, uh, I guess, Budapest or wherever the hell in Hungary he is. All right, Danny, what's the deal with Mr. Lee? All right, so let's do this. So let's do this. They're trying to, yeah, they're trying to wrangle him. I don't know where he is. So for the time being, if we can't get him, maybe we can. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Let's go to the sound off now. All right. Let's go to my friend Danny here. There he is. Bigote himself. How are you, sir? I'm here. Reasona I'm reasonably not hung over today. Uh, no, I'm fine. All right, very good. I'm good. I actually had a good sleep last night. Uh, I did too. Whenever I come up yeah. to New York, my wife takes the full shift of the kid. And uh, my kid is seven weeks old Saturday. Last three nights has slept through the night, bro. Can you believe it? I know the doctors are like, wake him up so they can eat every three hours, bro. No, no. <laughs> She'll just get an extra few ounces on yeah. all the other meals. I'm not doing that. That's good. Yeah. So if there's any doctor watching, go F yourself. I'm not fixing it. <laughs> um, but you had a good, good weekend, yes? Yeah, good weekend. Just super busy, obviously, covering uh, Belter 222. Let me ask you. I thought that the and, pacing uh, was pretty good. That, I, I thought it was a great event. Yeah. Again, I saw it in... Oh, you were there. Yeah, were I was there. there. Okay, was okay. There. So it's different so, for you. But, yeah, yeah, I didn't see it through DAZN. Um, but I thought the fights themselves were really good. The quality was pretty good. The, the crowd seemed into it. Um, it was a good night for Belter. All right. Very good. Um, so let's do this. How were the calls, my friend? Very good. Calls were very All right. Good. I'm excited to yeah. hear it. So why don't you just take it away? You uh, lead the uh, ship here, Maestro. All right, let's do it. Well, a lot of storylines coming out of Belter 222, but I think the following is the biggest. You tell me. Okay. Lukey, Jake from Oregon, calling on a somber matter. The great Chael P. Sonnen retires, undefeated, holder of multiple titles and multiple weight classes, admired across not just our nation, but the world. What's your thoughts on it? Will MMA as a sport recover? And if so, how long will it take? Thanks, man. Bye. Yeah. Um, the greatest of all time. Yes, yeah, certainly. He is. Pretty tap Tito Ortiz. Too. Yes. Um, what is Chael's legacy? Boy, it's a complicated one. It's very. Um, yeah. He is something of an overachiever. He is a guy. I, I think the way I think about him, Danny, I don't know about you. I think of him as somebody who um, maximized every opportunity imaginable with every tool in the tool shed, whether that was timing, whether that was his outright ability, whether that was uh, his ability to sell a fight and promote and become a certain kind of character. I think you have to include the fact that also through performance enhancing drugs. Um, so some of these are by illicit, some of these are by illicit means, but either way, uh, in the end, he ended up being incredibly adored. Although for a time he was not, and folks, mm -hmm. I remember a time in MMA when he was very polarizing, but not yeah. so much the case anymore. Um, but to me, that's who he is. He is a guy that tried to find every rung on the ladder to get to the top. And I don't think he got quite as far as he wanted to, but no. all you can ever ask is that somebody just wrings the sponge dry. And he did. Yeah. I think his legacy is that you can be a very, very successful fighter one of the most successful fighters in MMA without earning a title, without earning a world title. Mm, I think, that's interesting. I think he... Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's cold comfort for them, though. He's, he's, he's been the main event of every card he's fought in for the last, you know, or, or at least, you know, one, 
top for this two. Yeah. top two, yeah, or at least co-main event, but definitely like one of the bigger fights on the card. Um, he always fought the best. If you just go down his resume, it's ridiculous the competition that he fought. He never got a step down in competition, never refused to fight. Um, and you know, he he became a a star in the sport. And I think, you know, he did all that without ever holding a, a title. And I think that's important. I think, you know, you, your brand, the way you present yourself, uh, the way you carry yourself, it can take you pretty far in this sport. You don't necessarily need the title to, to, to be successful. You know, people always talk about Vitor as the poster child for TRT and then mm -hmm. what subsequently happened. Here's my theory on this, because this is true. The And I'm not going to go on some rant, so just hear me out for a second. I'm just trying to make yeah. an honest point. Um, the entire history of anti-doping is tied to uh, media backlash and hysteria in terms of the growth of organizations and the development of ideas. So like WADA came out when there was a pushback. Um, all kinds of international organizations uh, uh, were created when the media piled on some kind of scandal. Anyway, TRT was our scandal. And um, it was when there was pushback to it that you UFC decided to go with USADA. Mm -hmm. A big part of that is what Sonnen did. <laughs> where these guys were like, I need this to, to to compete. I need this to live. I need this for health. And, you know, let's be honest. Everyone was kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They didn't really need it, but they were claiming that they needed it. Anyway, a big part of the reason why we have USADA, it's not strictly, of course, Sonnen's uh, issue. There's all kinds of guys using it. But I would actually argue he was a pretty big reason in terms of media visibility for why the media turned on it. And then we now have our current situation. So, yeah. He was also one of the very few people that have managed to turn their career around from from that type of situation and deal with with you know the backlash from the media, backlash from the fans. Because you know, uh, when was the last time? I mean, when was the last time you like these kind of things got brought up as far as like you know failing drug tests and and whatnot in his career? Like, every, I feel like that kind of got put in the in the, in. Let me tell you something. Every other MMA fighter who's failed a drug yeah. test virtually, and I could name them. They get real bitter when you bring it up. Chael mm -hmm. was open and was, honest yeah, about it. Always, and I think the fans yeah. were like, okay, we forgive you. Exactly. There's a bunch of other jabronis right now who I could name. I've like I've mentioned them before about failing drug tests. Yeah. And then I've had a couple of them confront me about it. I'm like, what, what do you want me to do? You want me to not mention the fact that there's a fact of your existence that you fail drug? I'm as, I'm as sympathetic as anybody mm -hmm. about you failing a drug test. And you want to get yeah. in my grill about it? Okay. Chael was so upfront about it is that you didn't even need to ask him about it, he'd bring it up himself, you know, and, and he was always very honest uh, as far as, you know, that matter or went. And uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, that's part of why it never got really brought up again because he answered all the questions. You know what I've never... Once uh, you do that, then what, what else is there to, you know, bring bring up? Last thing I'll say about this, I would love to know what Anderson Silva and John Jones think about him. Yeah. I would love to know. Mm -hmm. Not that their version is the correct version or that our version is the correct version. But I would like to hear theirs because the yeah. MMA media is kind of like, oh, Uncle Chael, Elder Statesman. Uh, that's fine. I don't really have a problem with it, but uh, they might have a different one. I don't know. Yeah. I'd like to hear it. Yeah. I also wonder how much um, how much success, you know, is is attributed to the backlash because like John Jones is a champion right now. Let's say Chael Sonnen would have been destroying everybody and just ruled over Bellator. I wonder if these things would have came up again. Mm. Or is it because he had a couple of setbacks and maybe people kind of. I don't know, discarded. I don't know. I just remember when he got fired from Fox Sports when all the tests came back positive. Yeah. And to look at him now, it's like, what an incredible yeah. image rehabilitation. He's ESPN. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So, yeah. all right, there you go. All right, let's talk about one of the major title fights that uh, went down at Bellator 222. This is Joe out of South Florida. 
regarding Rory McDonald, do we think that the fight against John Fitch, he was just having a bad mental night, bad camp, because he looked pretty good against the immigration? What are your thoughts? Let me know, guys. Go first, Danny. You know, I think you were you were very skeptic uh, of Rory McDonald entering this fight. You were very skeptical of uh, where he was at mentally. Cause like, Still am, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, me watching that fight, that looked like a world-class fighter out there. And Neiman Gracie, undefeated, the dude's no joke. And it, it was one thing if, you know, Rory McDonald managed to stuff his takedowns and then it was just a stand-up battle and he won there. You go, okay, well, we know that Gracie, although a very complete fighter— that's not where he shines best. But Gracie took him to the ground, mounted him at one point, mm-hmm. and Roy was able to fight that off. He got he got dragged into the deep waters. He got dragged into literally the worst position you can be with a Gracie. That is mounted. Or, and he or survived. Back, yeah. yeah. Well, I think he did have his back at one point. Yeah. Uh, he did, did he have both hooks? Times. Um, I can't remember. I think, at, I think at one point he did. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he was able to fight off. And look, he he's not the same Roy McDonald in the sense of like, He's this angry guy that's out there to, you know, sort of like this this beast. But the one we have now is still pretty darn good, man. Yep. World-class fighter. And uh, I don't think he's the By the way, I predicted him to, to win, to, just so everyone yeah. knows. Like, asked to make a pick, I picked him. It wasn't like I thought he wasn't going to win. Yeah. I don't think he needs the rage to, to, to be as good as he can be. Let me see how that goes against Douglas Lima the second time. Yeah. That's going to be the true test. So I'll that's say this. I'll say fight. this. You're right. Against most opposition, I'll dial back a little bit of my, my skepticism. Because he definitely looked like a guy in command, didn't panic, Mm -hmm. worked. You could see him working through solutions. Wanted to win. Yep, wanting to win. All great signs. But there wasn't a lot of physical damage that he took. And that's been the one thing I've been wondering about in the Musasi fight, and more in particular the um, Stephen Thompson and then really the Lawler fight. What happens if Douglas Lima puts it on him, physically puts it on him? Yeah. Will he then have the will to continue back? Um, the answer is, listen to what I'm saying. I am not saying no, but I feel like I need to see it before I believe it. So you're saying no? No. I'm saying I don't know. What's wrong with saying I don't yeah, know? I'm just kidding. I'm know. kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm just, like, I don't know. I don't I'm know just what's going on. I don't, yeah, I don't know what's going on. We don't know. Happen. We don't know. That's the reality. But because Lima's gotten... I think, let me ask you this. Yeah. So you, you watched the first Lima and McDonald fight, I right? I did, yeah. Close, but I, I thought... You could make a case for Lima, but I thought Rory won. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But Lima put it on him a little bit there. Yeah. I mean, going into that, you know, final round, um, it was kind of up in the air. And, he, and what was the key about yep. that? He had to dig deep, Rory did. Very and deep. he did. He did. Credit to him. But I think Lima's gotten better since then. He has. So yeah. now it's an interesting question. So now it's an interesting question. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll we'll wait and see what happens, but nonetheless, I do think this is a hurdle that he passed. I feel like. Sure. Yes, I agree with that. He, I'm look, a lot more confident not, in him entering a fight now than before. He's not frail and yeah. he's not fragile. Mm-hmm. He's tough as nails and smart and still obviously very good. I yeah. just want to see what happens when somebody physically puts it on him. Um, can he rally like he did in other occasions? That's, yeah. that's what I want to see. That's it. We'll find out. But he looked good. You're right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the other title fight that went down on that card. Hey, Luke. Hey, Danny. Hope you're doing well. My name is Nick. Recording this in Gothenburg, Sweden. Big fan of the show. And I just want to know your opinion on two statements regarding the Bellator fight between Kyoji Horiguchi and Darian Caldwell. Uh, I couldn't help to think that it wasn't so much Horiguchi who won the fight, even though I feel he's the rightful winner. It was more Caldwell who hmm. lost the fight. That's interesting. I felt he was doing quite well on the feet and just holding Horiguchi down. 
didn't really do do him any favors. Uh, is that fair to say, or am I am I seeing this the wrong way? And the second statement is: uh, Does this win make Horiguchi the greatest Japanese fighter of all time? Love to hear an answer to those two statements. Have a great day, guys. Bye. I feel like this guy works at NPR or something. Yeah. That voice, man. <laughs> Coming to you live from yeah. our <laughs> WAMU 88.5 stations. Um, yeah. I would say, uh, okay, second question. He's pretty clearly the best Japanese fighter of all time. Now, I don't think he's the most important or celebrated. So that would clearly belong I mean, to... He's got two belts. Right. So that would clearly... Easy. Be, well, yeah, but I'm saying like... Um, like, how do you weigh yeah. a Hidehiko Yoshida, a gold medalist from judo, like these incredibly important people who also fought in pride, or Kazushi Sakuraba, who, you know, was part of the um, Kakutogi boom and all that kind of stuff. Like, there's a right, lot of different yeah. pieces there. I mean, Sakuraba was a superstar. Uh, uh, Kid Yamamoto was a superstar. For people who don't know, imagine Hulk Hogan in his prime in yeah. terms of popularity, and imagine that dude also fought MMA. That's what... Kazushi yeah. Sakuraba is. We're not talking about a greatest where those kind of things Correct. are. Correct. We're talking about best Japanese. Best, yeah, he's, he's the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. The best. I mean, dude, think about it. For a time, and you he's had still got plenty of life left. Dude, I so. mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. These guys at American Top Team, they're like, you don't even understand how good this guy is. Dude, yeah. he's fast and he's smart. He makes quick. Like, it's one thing to be physically quick, and it's another one to make quick decisions that your body can act on. He's clever. Clever. Uh, did he look tired in the fifth round even nope. a little bit? Nope. Nothing. And I think it's big that he's coming up from flightweight because there's a clear there was a clear size advantage between him and and Darren Caldwell. Um, and I feel like that's you know not not having to kill his body to 135 definitely attributes to his cardio. Yeah, I agree with that yeah. certainly. Um, in any event, so he's definitely the best one in terms of like Caldwell losing the fight. Yeah, man. Like I talked about, it. I wonder how you felt. Like I think what Caldwell was telling himself was, "Well, Kyoji's not doing anything while I'm down there, and I'm the one who put him there. Yeah. So in the end, that has to count for something. But practically, it just it does count for something. Just not enough. Just yeah. not enough. And honestly, I gotta say this about Darian Caldwell. I really like the guy. If you ever watched him wrestle in college, it was it, he was just a phenom. I'm not seeing enough development in his game, man. I need to see another step up. In the striking, I need to see another step up in the guard passing and in the ground and pound. Ground and pound, yeah. This is not enough. Yeah, yeah. It was it, that was a weird fight. I was watching it. I was also you know tweeting and I was doing a few other things for work, so I wasn't catching. You know, I wasn't just solely focused on the fight. And I think I tweeted something from the MMA fighting account like, "Oh, I think I think Horiguchi needs a a finish here entering this last Did you round." Get and, torched. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you you know looking back now like. It was clear who was in control. Caldwell was dictating where the fight was at. But Horiguchi was the one that was always on attack. And I think uh, ultimately that's what won him the fight. And yeah, I think with Caldwell, he was in positions to win the fight. He just, for example, just stood there and... I mean, not stood there, but just kind of just controlled them and held them there and just took elbows and, and punches. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think... You know, some things are, get interesting as far as like the grappling, like sure. But like the ground and pound was there. I don't know why he just... They didn't, didn't activate it. Uh, it'd be a, a good question to ask. It's hard to control and to throw at the same time. It takes a master But I mean, he, he had him pinned. Like, his legs were pinned. I felt like he was if in a pretty good position. If his back is up against the fence, it's going to be hard to do. Yeah. It's going to be very hard to do. At least meaningful ground and pound. But watching that fight, weren't you glad a little bit? And I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm glad that Darren lost, but I'm glad that the judges saw the, the fight the way they saw it. Oh, because, for sure. Because it says something about sort of the development, the development in the sport and the way we're like analyzing it. Because it, it was clear that Horiguchi was the one 
trying to do the most damage and doing the most damage in that fight. Yeah, I mean, look, I I was tweeting before, like, oh, these judges are going to mess this yeah. up because I just knew that they were, and they didn't. I was like, and Douglas Crosby was one of the judges. I was like, oh, Douglas is about to give us the old okey-doke here, but he didn't. Um, so in the end, you're right. But I still believe, I don't know if you agree with this, but maybe you do or you don't. If that fight had been judged under one or pride rules where the fight is judged as a whole, Kyoji would have been the easy, easy. winner. Yeah. I sweated it because of the 10-9 must system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the top control, you know, because it usually means a lot for, for some, some judges. North American ones. Yeah. All right. Well, let's discuss... Um, Aaron Picos uh, lost against Adam Boric. All right, let's hear it. That was a weird one, man. Hey, Luke and Danny. This is Anna from Queens. Uh, there were a lot of Shout awesome Bellator Queens. fights Friday night, but I have to ask about um, Aaron Pico. Scott Coker said he's not giving up on Pico. I was just wondering what uh, you think is actually next for him. All right, thanks, guys. Love the show. Bye. They better give him somebody they pulled off of bum fights. They better give him somebody he can absolutely demolish. Like, look, that's a setup. That's called building talent. That's yep. how, folks, that is how the sausage is made. You take somebody who's got some promise and you give him somebody who probably doesn't. Uh, Adam Borch clearly has promise. They were giving him a guy from, oh, a, he's undefeated. from an elite camp. Yeah. Who made that call? Who made that call? I cannot believe they agreed to that. Yeah. This... I, and I I asked him that. I asked him, I'm like, do you not want to be babied into this career? Like, why are you taking all these tough fights? And, and Aaron Pico gave me uh, an interesting answer that I kind of wasn't expecting. He's like, yo, it's, you know, talk to the matchmakers, talk to the matchmakers. But then he went on to say, like, look, I know that I know for a fact they're offering these type of fights uh, to people my, my experience level. And they're not taking it. They offer those uh, fights with me against you know, very experienced people and they're not even taking it. So like, what makes you think a guy that's like, you know, one and two or, or two and three or whatever is going to take a fight with me. And I think that brings up an interesting point. Um, but there's got to be a way, man. There's got to be a way to get these people yeah. to fight them. There's a guy on the regional scene. I mean, look, D Dylan Dennis is a really good fighter in the sense of like his jujitsu background. Like, you know, he's super legit as far as that goes and, and he's getting fights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here's the deal. You know? I know it's not, two different yeah, fighters. They don't want to fight him dot, dot, dot at a certain price. Now, maybe you don't want to overpay. I do not believe for a second that they can't find the right talent to fight him, even for a moderate price. I just, I'm sorry. I know, I know, I'm sure, listen, I am not saying people don't turn him down. I don't believe you. <laughs> you ever seen that, uh, the GIF with Will Ferrell? I don't believe you. Yeah. That's me. I don't believe you. I don't believe that that... I'm not saying that Aaron's not telling the truth. He probably is. Again, yeah. people I'm certain are turning down fights. Yeah. That's not a reason to give him Adam Boric. Yeah. Because look at the alternative. This is better. This is what you wanted. A guy who has all the ability in the world and is sitting at four and three. This is the, this is the optimal outcome. Clearly, clearly it's yeah. not. It's a very frustrating thing to watch because if you look at any fighter that's, you know six, seven fights into her career, there, there's a clear difference between Aaron Pico and, and somebody that, that has that many fights. Aaron Pico's really, really good. You just watch any of his fights, even in defeats, like he's doing some things that a lot of people that would have his record wouldn't be able to do. It's just he's doing it against guys that are so experienced. Like what, what Adam Boric did that flying knee, a guy that's five fights in is not going to be able to do that. You know what I'm right. saying? So you're exposing Aaron Pico to things that he's never seen before and he's frankly not ready for. Not because he's not good, 
because he's inexperienced. So he should be fighting guys that are, uh, you know, close to his record. And it's frustrating because most of the comments that I see online is just like, nah, he's overrated. Media hyped him up. He's got no chin. You know, he's not what you thought. You know, he, Media did hype him up. Yeah, of course. But for a reason, I mean, <laughs> look look at his record. Look at what he did to Leandro Ego. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he, he clearly needs a step down in competition. I got to tell you, the thing that people keep doing, like, oh, he's got no chin as the explanation. Dude, you take that shot. Dude, these guys take bombs, and then the reaction is they yeah. can't take a shot. Yeah. yeah, not that one. Yes. A flying knee, sure. Yes. You know, like. Yes, they can't take a Moab straight to the mm -hmm. jaw. Yes, you're right. They cannot. Are you kidding me? He didn't take, he didn't survive a flying knee? Like, what's wrong with It's you? like, dude, like, are y'all, yeah. like, this is not. And then, remember they said the same thing with Sage, and then it turns out Sage had his whole shit broken. And they were like, oh, right. Like, uh, maybe that's not the, yeah. yeah dude. It was kind of a hard punch, yeah. Well, then, even I went back and I watched just, I watched the Corrales fight just to make sure. Dude, he was standing there trading and Corrales was going to the right side and Pico wasn't addressing it at all. And I don't yeah. even think noticed it was coming. If you take a shot that you don't see coming, it's going to hurt in a really bad way. Yeah. Am I saying he's got the world's best chin? Maybe not that necessarily. But like, By no means a weak chin. Right, yeah. But is this the reason why he's losing? Because he just can't take any... I've seen guys who can't take punishment. It's very different. It's yeah. very different. I don't mean to besmirch him, but one of the guys who was like this was a guy by the name of um, Jonathan Goulet. Jonathan Goulet was a French-Canadian UFC yeah. fighter for a time. Some of the very talented, mar Yeah, very yeah. talented martial artist. The ability to take a shot was not one of his better up, better things. And he, no, I guess. Is he Noguera? Is, is, is Aaron Pico Noguera? Okay, he's not Noguera. But... This idea, like, well, he just can't get it right. Uh, again, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very frustrating situation. I would like to see him take some time off, stay at Jackson Wings, because I, I did see a difference in uh, game planning. Sure. I, I feel like strategy-wise, he came in there. He, he was fighting a lot smarter. Still, um, there's another level to this. But yeah, yeah. The metagame thing, yeah. where he's just doing the same thing over and over again. He needs to, like, make people react yeah. and think and get confused. You know who's really good at that? Corey Sandhagen. Corey Sandhagen is extremely good about making you look this way and then the shot yeah. comes this way. He's very, very gifted at that. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's talk about his opponent. I feel like most of the talk leaving that matchup was about Aaron Pico, but let's not forget the winner, the guy who we just had on, yeah. on the show. Hi, this is Mark Bolabash calling from Budapest. Bellator 222 saw Aaron Pico matched up against Adam Boric with a lead-up that shunned the Hungarian almost completely, and actually uh, Aaron Pico as well. Honestly, what's your take on Boric's ability and about the height he can ascend to in his division? Was his win a fluke or how you thought it would go? Thanks again for doing a great job and come visit Budapest someday. Yeah, for sure. Buy me a ticket, homie. <laughs> uh, okay. First of all, that guy had to be a pro broadcaster, right? Yeah, yeah that quality. That was ridiculous. Good quality, yeah. Probably better quality than our show. <laughs> it certainly is. Um, okay, so was his win a fluke? Absolutely not. I just went through and showed you. Like, every small hole yeah. that Pico was leaving, it wasn't like, oh, you're like, well, Pico didn't control enough, so therefore Boric got out. You have to recognize the opening, and then you have to recognize what to do about it. If you think, like, for example, if I took someone off the street and I had a blue or a purple belt control them, that blue and a purple belt is not going to have the same kind of control as, let's say, the recent UFC signee, Adolfo Vieira. They're going to miss things. They're not going to have as tight control. Mm -hmm. Is that person off the street going to know what to do? They're just going to sit there and get destroyed by some, yeah. by some purple belt. They're going to get mounted and then choked out or, or whatever, arm broken. Right. But that doesn't mean you had the exact same level of control. There was a dip there. So my point being is, 
it's yes, there might have been some pieces to Pico's game missing in the application, but Boric recognized all of them and reacted to all of them. Now, had there been someone like Habib on top of him, maybe it would have been a bit of a different story, but I thought he actually looked really good. And again, he's had multiple flying knee KOs at this point. So that's not an accident either. He's good. Very good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and he's only 25, man, and he's at a great camp. I think he could be, like, something big for Bellator in the next couple of years. 25 years old is nothing. Nothing. Healthy, yeah. you know. Oh, man. And I wonder how big it can be. Have you ever been to Budapest? Never. Very good things. Budapest. Uh, I've heard go. it's nice. I've heard it's really travel. nice. Their democracy's having a little trouble with old Victor Orban. But, um, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I um, there's nothing fluky about it. Now, yeah. how good is he relative to the top of that division? I don't know. I would love to see him in the tournament. I think it'd be great if he was there. Yeah, so. that'd be pretty sick. He's also pretty big. Like if, if you saw him in person, compared, yeah. yeah, compared to Pico, he was a lot bigger. I was like, Jesus Christ. Pico is how big would you say for one forty-five small. on the small side? It was yeah. weird because he's. A, I'm. A, we're about like the same size as far as like. Obviously, he's a lot more muscular than I am. Uh huh. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, he is. In case you didn't know, <laughs> I find but that as very far surprising. As, like, as far as like body frame, like yeah. we're we're about the same height, you know. That was sort of like the same size in in in, in that regard. Um, and when I talked to him, he seemed a little parched. He seemed he was he was having trouble with the weight cut. So Borch? I don't know. No, no, no. Uh, Pico. Oh, Pico. Yeah. So and, it was kind of weird because it's like eh, I feel like you should be making this kind of com not comfortably, but you know. Right. Boric was cutting twenty pounds. He right. said. Yeah. Boric seemed boy. like the Jesus. the fresher fighter, but you know, I don't know. It was weird. All right. Want to do a couple more of these? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Um. So something interesting that came out of that whole fight week was, first of all, just the cross promotion in general. And then Scott Coker had a, a few things to say. So uh, let's, let's discuss that. Hey, Luke, Danny, Nino from Washington Township, New Jersey. How you doing? I had a question here for you. So recently, Scott Coker has come out in an interview and said that he wouldn't be opposed to a Bellator versus UFC event. Yeah, that's a nothing headline. I was just wondering who would be your top pick for a main event? What would be the most interesting fight and your guy's opinion for a Bellator fighter and a UFC fighter? Thank you. Love your show. Want to know what you, uh, what you think about this. All right. By the way, yep. Scott Coker being like, yeah, I would love to do it. You know, let's do it. Yeah. It's sort of like me being like, yeah, I would love to win the lottery. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'd love, you know what I mean? I would, I'd love to be a movie star. I'd like to do a lot of things. It's just not going to happen. So it's a, yeah, it, you never know. Uh, it's not going to happen. You think Bro, you think they're going to fought Floyd Mayweather? Okay, you want to bet everything I own? It doesn't happen in my lifetime. Well, sure. I'll bet you, I'll bet you this way. As long as Dana White's at the UFC, doesn't happen. Yeah. So that's the issue. Yeah. Now, if he leaves, who knows? Um, oof, fantasy matchup. That's an interesting one. I would say. Um, wow. Uh, Pitbull versus Patricio Pitbull versus Max Holloway is kind of interesting. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, fun one. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, with, yeah, that's a good one. I think with the, the whole, champion, right? Yeah. With the whole bantamweight conversation, why not, you know, Sahudo Horiguchi? Oh, yeah. That's a great one. I think the winner there, you could easily say they're the best. By the way, Horiguchi you know? could win that one too, bro. Yeah. Don't think he couldn't. And the winner there is the best bantamweight at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, That'd be a great one. That's a really great one. Wow. Yeah, that'd be it. Also, are you curious for uh, Ryan Bader's DC? I kind of am a little no. bit. No. No? No. 
That one seems fairly straightforward to me. Hmm. No? I would favor DC heavily, but I feel I feel much different about this matchup now than when Bader was in the UFC. Sure. Uh, but Bader's got his hands full with Lyoto. Do you think he beats Lyoto in the rematch? That's the big one. That's a, that's another question that they asked. So we'll, oh, is it? we'll okay. leave that for, yeah. for later on. All right. Um, what else? Uh, well, do we have any update on Kevin Lee? He hasn't replied, which Sweet. is usually he's great with, uh, you know, with getting back to people. But uh, um, oh. I don't know. He hasn't, he hasn't gone back to me. So um, I guess let's just give it a few more minutes and, and see what's up. All right. All right. That's fun. Yeah. Sick start to my Monday, brah. What can you bro, do, I've been bro? in this business since 2006. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Look at me now. I got a studio show. How much bigger does my career need to get before this doesn't happen? You know what I'm saying? Because like, it always happens at every level. And look, there could be some kind of miscommunications. Could be, I'm sure it's totally innocuous. I love Kevin Lee. But I'm just saying, like, how many, how many times, like, like what do I got to do? I got to be, uh, you know, I got to be a show on uh, NBC or something. I got to have I the Tonight so. Show. Yeah. I wonder. You got real quiet when I asked that question. Why is that? Huh? No, nothing. <laughs> why can't we ask know, these questions? Why can we ask these questions? It's, out it's loud? a weird thing. It's a weird thing. I don't know why. It's like hurting cats with these fighters, man. Yeah, it's weird. And I mean, Kevin, as I said, like Kevin's never flaky or anything like that. Like it's I, I, Kevin's, weird. Kevin's great. I'm sure it's yeah, some Kevin's kind of misunderstanding. Great. I'm just saying. Yeah, I it just, I, I just keep wondering how I escalate through the levels, and that that aspect of trying to get fighters on your show never changes. It never changes. Yeah. So. It's just a fact of existence. All right, let's do some more calls. All right. Speaking of Suhudo and the Bantamweight division, this was a bit of an interesting question. For me, it's an easy answer, but I don't know if you feel any different. So here it goes. Hey, Luke. This is D-Money from South Riding, Virginia. D-Money. Chantilly. Um, I just wanted to know your opinion on who had a better win streak, Henry Suhudo or Dustin Poirier. I don't really have a take, but let me know your thoughts. Um, I'd say Dustin Poirier. Yeah. But that's a tough one. Really? By the way, he's from Chantilly. Old Drab Tilly. People know about Drab Tilly uh, in D.C. Um, God. All right, so look. I don't think it's a, that a, a win, question. That Marais win is unbelievable, and it's probably better than any of the wins that Dustin has, but he asked about the win streak. Yep. So the DJ fight, you can make a case he didn't lose. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, or he lost. Sorry, that he lost. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people think DJ won. Yeah, it was close. Then you have the one against TJ, which was impressive, but short. So it's hard exactly what to know. Um, so that's those two is interesting. The Marais fight is just like the most legit. I, again, I don't think Dustin has one as legit as that. But in beating Pettis and then stopping him and then and then stopping Gaethje yeah. and then Alvarez and then now this with Holloway, that's to me that's a better four fight body of work. Yep. To be honest, yep, I agree. I think if you look at individual fights, like dude, beating Demetrius Johnson, especially at that moment in his career, that was that was big. You know, beating T.J. Dillashaw is big. But if you actually you know string those together because Cejudo also has, and I'm not trying to be like disparaging, but Cejudo also has wins over Sergio Pettis, who's a very good fighter. Uh, Wilson Hayes, who's a very good fighter. But I mean, Dustin Poirier, you just go down the line and it's just studs, you know, back to back. So for me, it's Dustin Poirier. But I will say that Cejudo win over Marais. It's big. That yeah. is so goddamn impressive. Yeah. So impressive. A weight class above too. It's ridiculous. Poirier is staying out. You yeah, know, we'll see what happens. Way. But yeah, I know what you mean. But, but to, to, to beat Marais the way he did, 
That was extremely impressive. Extremely yeah. impressive. Yeah. So that one win is better, but something else, I don't know. Yeah, for right. sure. Next. All right, well, you brought it up, so Bader Machida. Let's see what's up. I... Hey, Luke and Danny. This is Jordan the Jank calling from Gainesville, Florida. It's been a Shouts while since I've called. Hope you guys are doing well. My Where question you, is, is I, Florida? how do you guys feel about Machida against Bader? Is it a wash? I personally feel like it's, it's just a not a good matchup kind of at all, I feel like, for Lyoto. And he is one of my absolute favorite fighters. It's not easy to say this. I'm just trying to be honest about it. How do you guys feel? Thanks, guys. You understand what he means by that? Lyoto knocked him out in the first one. Yeah, I know, but he feels like Lyoto is older now. Is older now, and Bader's you know much we, we did we we've seen him lose before. Uh, you know, after that uh, Bader fight, two. I'll tell you right now. So he, well, he lost to Phil Davis. He lost to Chris Weidman. Then he had that bad losing streak of Rockhold, Yoel Romero, Derek Brunson, mm-hmm. and then since he hasn't lost. So um, I do feel like. When Bader fought Machida, that might have been prime Machida. Yeah, look, I'd probably yeah. favor Bader at this point, but Machida's still pretty crafty. He's pretty smart. He's preserved Dude, himself. Against Sun, and he looked really good. I don't know if if it came across to you the same way on TV or the Zone, the streaming app. In what way? But uh, I feel like he looked better than that was his best performance in like the last like you know three four years. Like he was quick. Um, I mean, maybe it's something about the opponent as well, but. Uh, he looked really good, man. Machida's far from washed. I thought he looked great. I thought he looked great. Um, you know, I think Bader's a different cookie uh, than yeah, Chael. of course. Uh, obviously, he can wrestle, but for folks who didn't pay attention, since that Rashad fight, Bader has showed incredible striking. Remember, he didn't take a single punch in the entire heavyweight Grand yeah. Prix. I mean, it's ridiculous what he can do, but he can still wrestle as well. Yep. Um, and I think he's physically stronger than Machida. So it's an interesting matchup, but like, I don't have existential dread or something for Machida's chances. I just I think probably Machida can pull it off. Why not? Yeah, I just probably favor favor Bader. Yeah, but I, I would, like, yeah. do you think Bader's going to go in there and just mop the floor with him? Like, maybe. I mean, again, maybe he does. Maybe. That's not like I'm not. I don't know. It's not like um, it's not like uh, Dylan Dance versus Max Humphrey. We're like, you know, how long? How much punishment is Max going to take before they call it a day? Yeah. I don't quite see it like that. No, not at all. I think it's pretty competitive and. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Lodo picks up a win there. But I'd favor Bader slightly. But look, Machida's very elusive. Um, you know, dude, those flying knees against Sonnen. Mm-hmm. Um, when when have we seen him throw flying knees like that in, in his career? I don't remember. I'm sure he has. My, I can't. Really? I, I just I, I don't remember. Yeah, I felt like that was a, a bit of a new By tool. By the way, there's this name. If I don't mention it on air, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. It's the guy I talked about who was from Marcelo Garcia's who's so nice. From BJJ Fanatics. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, God, what is his name? Mateus Dinsin? Is it that no, guy? not Mateus Denise. God. Denise? Bernardo Faria. Bernardo Faria. That's the guy. Bernardo Faria. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. He one time showed me how to do shoulder pressure a year, maybe five years ago. It's deadly, man. Bro, I thought my jaw was going to go shooting out of my face. It was so painful. Yeah. And he even he looked at me. You, you, know, you guys don't know Bernardo Faria. He's bald. He's a multiple-time black belt world champion. He always smiles. He never stops smiling. And he looked at me after like, I do my jaw seriously hurt. I was in tremendous pain. And he lets go. And I was like, that was really bad. He's like, yeah, man, if it doesn't hurt, you're not doing it right. And just kept on smiling. Like he was so happy about it. So that's when I talk about like, you got to control Bama's like that, you know? There you go. Sorry. Bernardo Faria. Bernardo Faria. But hey, I'm all in for Machida Beta. By the way, who'd you rather 
What weight class would you rather uh, have Machida uh, fight for the belt in? Middleweight or light heavy? Do you have a preference? Well, I guess if he's fighting Bader, he's fighting. I'm more intrigued in Machida Bader than Machida Yeah, I guess, I guess light heavy. But I guess, yeah. Yeah, I guess light heavy. Yeah. Um, and then Musasi has a title fight this coming weekend against uh, Rafael Lovato, right? Yeah, so. that's going to be a good one, too. All right, let's do one more. And then I guess if Kevin Lee's not here, we can just go and commit ritual suicide. All right. Sounds like a plan. Yep. All right, I'll, I'll let you pick. Uh, let's see. We got, what do you think is the most useful, su successful martial art in MMA? Um, what happens if Poria wins? Home Nunes breakdown. Let's do Poria. All right. Hi, this is David from Tampa. I was wondering if, uh, in an alternate universe, if, if Dustin Poirier beats Khabib, do you think Connor tries to fight Dustin or still goes after Khabib? So here's my thought on that. First of all, no alternate universe. I think, look, I think it, the, the odds are not in favor of Poirier, but I think he, he could he potentially pull it off. Bro, anybody who thinks that Poirier has no chance to win, yeah. You're crazy. Again, Khabib is your rightful favorite. Fine. Yes. I very much take seriously Dustin Poirier's ability. He's a threat. You'd be foolish not to. So, mm -hmm. um, I think that Khabib gets an immediate rematch. He'd be losing his title. He'd be losing his title in the first defeat of his career. There's no way they don't run that back. And really? That, yeah, and here's the thing. You don't think Conor can sneak in there and then, it, you know, Conor might like his chances against Poirier, keeping in mind that he has a win over him and then... If he does win, then you can potentially get a, you know, Poirier, Khabib 2, or McGregor, Khabib 2. I have a feeling that if Dustin wins, it's not going to be one of those things where he stops all the takedowns and then just knuckles him into the dirt. Yeah. I have a feeling that it's going to be back and forth with Khabib controlling him and getting into advantageous spots and really hurting Dustin. Dustin finding a way to hang on and then rocking him and this going on for round after round, in which case either guy would be able to claim, oh, with a few adjustments... I can right. go and win this mm -hmm. versus let's, let's just say Dustin went in there and just obliterated him, like made him look like an amateur. Well, then you could say, all right, well, there's no, like in the case for Stipe versus DC, my whole point about this was, um, yes, the fame element didn't work in your favor because you explicitly rejected it. But more to the point, let's, the fight was signed in January. You had an entire season ultimate fighter. You fought in July or June or July, whatever it was, six, seven months later, and you got beat inside a round. What is the case for a rematch? There is none. You can make another one outside of it, winningest fighter in the division as a right. champion. But, but like inside what happened in that octagon, there is no case for a rematch at all. Yeah. Okay? Uh, so imagine he does something like that. Then the Connor sweepstakes get a little bit more interesting. But I have a feeling that even if Dustin wins, Khabib's going to take a pound of flesh from him no matter what. Yeah, I think so too. It's got, it's got to be a back and forth. I mean, it's always possible that he, Khabib just gets starched, but... I don't think so. I think I think Poirier, and I think Poirier knows that. I think, you know, entering the Geiji fight, he said something like, you know, I know I'm going to leave a piece of myself in there. I feel like he probably feels the same way about it uh, with the Habib fight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's call that a day. So we are officially yeah. on the no Kevin Lee interview bandwagon here. Yeah. I mean, no, no reply. No reply. So, That's so unlike him. I know. Very, very weird. I wonder what happened there. See if you can figure that out and let me know, okay? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I hope everything's okay. That's what I Yeah. Heard. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, more calls. Keep sending to Danny. By the way, they can email you. You heard them. Uh, the MMA Hour at VoxMedia.com. Keep calling 844-866-2468. Sorry about some of the programming changes. We appreciate you guys watching. Uh, and until next time, stay frosty. Stay frosty.